More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, blockbuster revelations on two different courtroom fronts. Today already, Trump set for trial March 25th, New York City on the bookkeeping felony trial, which is a complete and total joke. We will talk about that a little bit. They have finished their lunch in Atlanta. They did not go to Tennessee, to my knowledge, for the lunch. Um, that's, for if you don't know, that's one of the arguments that Nathan Wade has made. No one has ever gone from Atlanta to Tennessee for lunch, ever. Um, uh, I just, it, it doesn't happen, but, uh, but as someone who's made that drive a lot, uh, I do want you to know some of you out there might be saying, okay, Clay, I understand you and Buck are having fun with this ridiculousness of Nathan Wade's testimony about his of sexual affair with, uh, his, his, uh, his cheating with Fanny Willis and, but maybe you're exaggerating what's going on. On MSNBC, they are in virtual tears over the collapse of this Atlanta case, which Rachel Maddow and company told you was really the one that had to make Trump nervous because it was a state trial, not a federal trial. He couldn't potentially pardon himself. All of those angles. It's in a swing state, uh, which has a different term now, obviously, uh, given uh, what's been going on with Fannie Willis and, uh, and Nathan Wade, potentially. Uh, but... Here is MSNBC's legal expert. Just in the last few minutes, I want to make sure that I get his name right. Chuck Rosenberg, former federal prosecutor. He says, it's getting ugly. It might be time for Fannie Willis to throw in the towel. Listen. Prosecutors have a higher obligation. It's not personal. It's not egotistical. It's not about you. It's about the office and the pursuit of justice. To your point. It might be appropriate for Ms. Willis to consider removing herself from this case now and turning the reins over to a senior official in the in the district attorney's office and let him or her handle it. Because this is getting ugly and it's getting messy, and my guess is it's not going to get better. 
That's MSNBC. So, Buck, if they're if they're saying that on MSNBC, th- this is, I mean, basically the Hindenburg of prosecutions right now going on. Uh, this them. is a wipeout. The, the case is is falling apart before everyone's eyes because this was always about the political implications of bringing this charge and trying to also send a message. Remember, this is one that particularly goes after Trump associates. So there were a couple of things that really got the left excited about it. One is state charges versus federal. So even if Trump wins, theoretically, he would not be able to pardon himself. Although I know people will say, oh, yes, he can. And there'll be lawsuits about that. Um, but also because it went after everybody who was a part of the Trump election scheme, as they would say, a part of the Trump you know, racketeering effort. So that's something that, the, that they've always wanted. Um, they've been able to get convictions and they've been able to take down Trump associates in the past. But in this case, it was to send a message, I think, for a second Trump term of maybe we can't get the big guy, but we'll get you. Well, actually, it's looking like they're not going to get anybody. OK, so although I know a couple of people have pleaded guilty, just to be clear, like Jenna Ellis pleaded guilty already. I, I wonder if they well, mm, that's a know. question that, that we've gotten. Uh, a couple of people have emailed me. They want to just get that wiped clean. The case, to be fair, and to be 100% transparent, the case is going to get a new DA, right? They're not going to completely abandon this, but it's effectively over. It will take months for there to be a new DA. Uh, Trump is going to go into, uh, the ele- this thing is, this thing is dead for the election. I think sometime in 2025, I think they will quietly put this case out to pasture and maybe they get a few more like again the people who have pled guilty guilty is in quotation marks here they basically are getting community service like they haven't gotten any sort of significant penalty against anyone uh they had to write a public apology i mean i i think probably the people who have pled guilty in this case probably regret it now but the reason they did it was just to take it off the docket, right? To avoid, there is a lot of stress. I hope I never have to deal with it to having felony charges pending against you. Even if you're a hundred percent innocent, the stress, the, uh, the emotional turmoil that having to defend yourself in a court of law for both you and your family, not to mention the expense is significant. One thing as I see this, it's funny for anyone who watches court TV, they already know this, but whenever you look at, this is a, this is a side note, everyone, but whenever you look at courtroom drama in law and order, you ever notice how the, how the, the judges chambers and the courtroom itself, there's like a magisterial nature to it all. You know, there's a lot of marble and wood and it almost looks like something out of a Harry Potter movie, right? And then you see a real, like a look, I'm looking at this courtroom. Uh, where they're having the, uh, relationship, uh, you know, cross-examination or examination right now by Fonnie Willis. And it really looks like you could be having a mutual of Omaha conference in there or something. You know what I mean? It's not the, the courtroom in the modern sense. It looks like just like an office, just a bunch of dudes and, and ladies in suits in an office. I will tell you this in general. Whatever I, and, and this is, this is one bit, what I have found as I have gotten older and been involved in media and everything else. Television makes things look more substantial than they actually are often. 
Um, and, and, and a lot of it is, uh, is just bells and whistles. And when you actually get down to the nitty gritty of it, what you find is in many different professions, for instance, I don't think most of our politicians represent the best and the brightest of us. I've met a lot of politicians. There's not a lot that I would say, Hey, if you were in a courtroom, would I want you to be representing me? And I know a lot of lawyers. And there's a big difference in the legal profession, too. And I think what you're seeing exposed here with Fannie Willis and with uh, Nathan Wade is just how slipshod a lot of this is. And I think you're going to see it with Alvin Bragg and the BS charges that he brought in New York. And what I would say in general, big picture here, Buck, and I'm curious if you would agree, this is a massive win for Donald Trump today because... What he's able to do, first of all, New York City being the first bite at the apple, of all the cases that are out there, this is a huge win that it's the first one. Because it is, of all the charges that have been brought against him, the most transparent rig job of all of them. And I would just ask you this, Buck. You're from New York City. Given what we've seen with the E. Jean Carroll case, given what we've seen with Letitia James trying yeah. to put the Trump organization on trial. I think that most people in America just look at New York City and they just say they hate Trump and they're not even going to pay attention to what happens in New York City other well, than it's the rig job. I, I I don't know if it's a big win. It's a win for now. But I'm sure you've seen, and it's it was made famous in Charlie Wilson's War. I don't even know if it is a real Chinese proverb, but talks about the Chinese proverb about the man whose son is given a horse, and he says, isn't this a blessing? Then he falls off the horse and breaks his leg and says, isn't this a curse? And at, at every stage of this, the father says, we'll see, you know, yeah. as in, let's see where it goes. Um, I think all of this looks like a big win for Trump, but if they manage to get the J6 case um, to trial, and if they manage to get a conviction there, that may be all they need to do and i still think uh that's the plan i still think that's the one that more so are the yeah and i I agree that these are wins for trump sure but i'm not sure there are wins that will really matter if you manage to get a j6 convict if the january 6 case falls apart i think he's free and clear yeah well i guess the way i'm thinking of it is if they set the trial date for march 25th that's going to take a couple of months right so and it may take more than a couple of months, depending on how the motioning and the proceedings and everything else go. The March 25th start date to me, Buck, pushes everything back into the summer now. Like the absolute early, the Chuck can, even if she had the freedom to start a case, cannot start a case now until July 4th, something and, and like yeah, that at the absolute early. I am, I am absolutely confident that if Chutkin has an opening to set a trial, before election day, she will do it. Does not, she will, she, she will set it for October 10th. It does not matter. She will okay. do it because there's so no law there's against one thing, it. One thing that I think I should have mentioned on the show that I have not, one thing the Supreme Court could do, not sure that they'll do it, but Buck, one thing that they could do is they could take the presidential immunity case, basically Trump arguing that he has blanket immunity out there. They could hold it through the summer, and they could come out with an opinion in October saying he doesn't have presidential immunity. 
then there's no way the case can go to trial. I think that's among the least likely options that they will pursue. I actually, if your goal is to create the least political impact and keep it out of trial, I actually think that would be really intriguing. I, I, so I, I just want the Supreme Court it. is willing to see itself as bailing Donald Trump out. I don't think, but I think or not. I don't think they would. I think they would say he doesn't have the immunity in October, but it would be too late to actually have. Yeah, the but trial. if they if they sit on it so there's no trial, they've bailed him out effectively because if he becomes well, that's all assuming he wins the election, right? But if he wins the election, then he just it's all over. Then it becomes a moot point. So. I, but I think the argument that. If they sit on the, cause they're, they're not giving him the win, right? They're saying that he doesn't have the immunity in October. So it would be a negative for Trump that but the play, opinion the, the would come out. The whole game is the timing now, right? That's every, everything it. that Jack Smith is doing, everything that is being maneuvered with the district court, with the circuit court is about the timing of this. So if yep. somebody comes in, Supreme Court or anybody else, Supreme Court's the only one who could do it and sits on it and lets the clock run out, it would be viewed and I think, unfortunately, a majority of the court would be concerned about this. I think Amy Coney Barrett, I think certainly Roberts, uh, would go along with this. And but say, what I'm saying is they're ruling against him in October. So it would still have a presidential impact because they would say he can be like this argument doesn't apply. So they're hitting Trump on a negative. I see it as more of a balance. No, yes, they let the clock run, but they're hitting him with the charges can go. Clay, that, I mean, that's. That's, you know, saving a, uh, saving him a million dollars and giving him a $10 fine and thinking it's balanced. The whole point is the clock. The clock management is everything right now. For the election, the clock is all that matters. So if they sit on this thing until right before the election and say, well, you don't have immunity, the, the response isn't going to be, well, they're being fair. The response from the, now, I don't think it's a fair response to be clear, but I, I'm, I think it would be a compelling enough one that even the, the middle of the court, so to speak, would say, we, we can't stand in the way of this thing. Um, and that would be I think they would the like to keep the trial from happening. This is my the majority of the Supreme Court because I think they see this as a rig job and a bad precedent to set. So that is where we disagree. I think that they will allow it to go forward, and I think they'll rule. I agree with you on the ruling about what the immunity uh, condition will be, but I do not think that they will allow themselves to be seen as letting Trump run out the clock before the election. That's just, and we'll see, we'll see. Because, you know, Roberts is an institutionalist, as you know. You think Roberts is going to let that? No way. So well, now again, I, I, I guess I'm seeing it as less of, you, you know, a million-dollar win for Trump, $10 fine. I'm seeing it as they're saying that Trump doesn't have the immunity, and he would be able to be tried, in theory. Um, although if he wins, he would pardon himself. If he right. loses, he could still face the prosecution. Now, would they want to prosecute him? If he loses the 2024 election, I don't think that they would. You think that just losing would be enough? I think the left wants to see Donald Trump in prison for the rest of his life. I think that's their goal. I don't think they would be satisfied with just winning an election. I think they would still prosecute him if they could. Now, maybe Biden would say, hey, we don't. I think at that point, Biden might actually allow the trial to go forward and commute. I don't think Biden would let them try to put a president in prison. As much as I despise Biden and think he has no ethics, I think that he recognizes that that would set something in motion in this country. Then we it start also having makes discussions him look, about... It also makes him look like a nice guy, right? Because then he's yeah. won two elections, and he comes back, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to... Yeah. Yes. All they really want is power. I mean, you know, crushing their enemies under their boot heels, they like that, but as long as they're entirely in power, I think that's, that's enough for them. But I'm just... I mean, this is the... Fun, we'll see. I just think fundamentally the Supreme Court 
will not allow itself to be seen, fair or not, does not want the perception to be that they let Trump run the clock out. Go fast. It's 100% political. And the Supreme Court has the ability to go very fast on this. They could have a decision. I agree. They could have a decision done in, in June and say, all right, go forward with uh, the Chutkin trial. So that's that's how I see it coming down. I think they're troubled by the Jack Smith procedure and what they see. Five of them at least are. So I just don't know what their decision is going to be and how they rectify it. Could be. Well, we can get into it next. We got more coming up. 800-282-2882 on the lines. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for team reality. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. All right, welcome back in. Trump himself spoke out today on the issue of the prosecution. (laughs) Which one? One of the four prosecutions going on in New York City. Here he is speaking to the American people. Donald Trump, cut three, play it. 
So instead of being in South Carolina and other states campaigning, I'm stuck here. It's an election interference case. Uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgraceful situation, actually. And we'll just have to figure it out. I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Uh, Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. This is all from the DOJ. This all comes out of Washington. They're coordinated with the district attorney and the AG. The case tomorrow, which is a rigged deal, is uh, all coordinated with the uh, district attorney and it's coordinated with the attorney general of New York, Leticia Jane. Who ought to be ashamed of herself. She's campaigned for years of trying to get Trump without knowing anything about me. It's all a rigged, it's a rigged state, it's a rigged city, it's a shame. He's right. It is a rigged state in a rigged city, and that's the point. So all of this is crazy. I'm curious how you would analyze it, Buck. Is this not the most effective campaign in terms of audience? If Trump has press conferences every day in New York City, let's presume that the trial is going to start on March 25th. It's going to go for a couple of months at least. And let me say this, if you are listening to us on WOR, if you are in the New York City area, you need to do everything you can to get on this trial. Usually you get a jury summons and you're like, this is the worst day of my life. Everybody's trying to get out of every case they possibly can. Imagine, Buck, if they can't get a guilty verdict in New York City. Imagine if Alvin Bragg spends months on this crazy, stupid paper uh, procedural charge that he's bringing against Trump, bookkeeping charge, and then some patriot out there who listens to Clay and Buck has managed to get seated on the jury and they get a mistrial. I mean, I, I'd sit on that jury if they oh, wanted. Obviously, love, I'm in Florida now, so I, I can't. I would but... love to be on any of these juries. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun. Uh, anyway, no such luck. My pillow, my friends, they want to thank you for all of your support. You've helped build it into the incredible company it is today. So they're having a massive sale on many of their most popular products in addition to their overstock and clearance product. When you use our names, Clay and Buck, as your promo code, you'll get great pricing and free shipping. The deals are fantastic. For instance, get 50% off the My Pillow 2.0 and their new flannel sheets. The mattress toppers also 50% off starting at just $99.99. Even their six-pack towel sets are at the low price of $29.98. In fact, Ginger just got her new MyPillow dog bed. Follow us on social media. You'll see she just got her first modeling gig here on the Clay and Buck Show on her dog bed. Yes, Big looking, very time. Regal. looking very regal, I might add. Yes, indeed. Take advantage of free shipping, especially on larger items like those mattress toppers. To find this offer, go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square that's MyPillow.com. Click on Radio Listener Special Square and use promo codes Clay and Buck. That's Clay and Buck as your promo code. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. The ongoing Nathan Wade, Fannie Willis shenanigans. There is testimony. We are going to have more clips for you in the third hour because it just turns even more and more into a kangaroo court. But I wanted to mention another story that happened right off, right after we went off the air yesterday. Uh, there was a shooting, uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade in Kansas City and over 20 people were injured. One woman was killed and 
the story went everywhere. Uh, and, and the, initially it was covered as if somebody was showing up and was a mass shooter. Now it appears to have been a dispute between a couple of guys and basically they started firing at each other. It might have been coincidental. There were hundreds of thousands of people that were attending the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade and these guys may have just come into contact with each other pulled out their guns, and started firing. They have suspects in custody. It's probably not a huge surprise. Whenever there is a suspect in custody that does not fulfill a left-wing narrative, we don't find out much about those suspects. So we still don't know their names. We do not know for sure the motivation, but it does not appear to be a someone showed up with a gun and tried to shoot as many people as possible. It appears these were maybe two or three guys shooting at each other who had a prior disagreement. Um, and there ended up being a lot of innocent victims. Fortunately, there were fewer victims than might have otherwise been, but for the bravery of many different Chiefs fans. Buck, I mean, this is pretty, pretty incredible. I want to play these cuts. These guys saw a shooter, ran and tackled him, and had and held him until police arrived. Here is Paul Contreras. He is a hero Kansas City Chiefs fan describing tackling the parade shooting suspect. I didn't think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him, and another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and we held him down. And it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman are hollering at ongoers, you know, where's the cops? You know, get the cops over here, get the cops over here. You know, we got him. Okay, so that's one guy. I want to give him credit here, uh, Paul Contreras. Another uh, hero Chiefs fan named Paul Filter also was a tackler of the alleged parade shooter, uh, and he told his story as well. I hear somebody, you know, yell, you know, get him. I look to my left. I see a flash. I tackle that individual. This other gentleman also aids me in that. It was, um, you know, pretty pretty quick, pretty quick thing. I was briefly aware that there was a scramble. And, um, you know, it's more like having a catching a T-shirt at a game. I mean, I was there. Yeah. I saw a flash of the gentleman and I, I you know, I, I jumped. I, I, it's probably from a lack of good sense. I mean, Buck, this is pretty awesome. Two guys, at least there may have been others, but I want to make sure we give these guys credit. They go to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Shooting breaks out. They're right there, and they their innate reaction as good, decent human beings is to tackle the felons and hold them for police. And I always think good guys who do things like this deserve to become famous, not the idiots who are pulling out their guns and firing in crowded situations. So both these guys, this story uh, may vanish because it looks like it's just going to be a, uh, a, a, a all-too-often just a, a shooting that was two different people who probably had long, I would bet, 
criminal histories and shouldn't have been on the streets, and unfortunately, they're innocent victims. Both of the perpetrators, based on what I saw in the photos, I believe, are uh, young black males, correct? That's what I saw in the photos, assuming those are, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that means that there's no national conversation that needs to be had. That means that there's not going to be a lot of discussion on uh, CNN or MSNBC about a culture uh, of violence or about uh, problems in, you know, Trumpism and, and the, uh, the, the violence that Trump and, and the white supremacy of Trump and all this. If you have a white shooter, as we know, the media treats the situation very differently. It always has political implications and, and there's a very different set of discussions. I know because I used to be at CNN, for example, when there would be a terrorist attack. And if it involved, let's say, a, a jihadist, so a, a radicalized Muslim, there was one playbook that they would try to run. If for some reason it happened to be like a disgruntled white guy who went, you know, went psycho and started killing people, well, then it's time to push for bans on different guns as well as blaming Trump as well. You know, there's all these after effects. But when it's violence that the media covers that involves, uh, a young, uh, young African American, uh, shooter or just an African American shooter, um, then all of a sudden, the media doesn't really want to have analysis discussions. We don't look at root causes. We don't look at anything like that. We don't look at the, you know, the psychology of the shooter or the perpetrator. None of that. Certainly no political implications, as in it's the fault of some politician or it's the fault of some political program. And I think people eventually uh, have, or I think because it's happened for so long, Clay, there is uh, a sense of disgust at this because it is so obvious. I mean, it's even at the point where, uh, you know, they... They won't tell you about suspects still at large in local news in a lot of cities. They won't, they won't really describe the suspect, but they'll flash because of all the surveillance cameras that are everywhere. They'll flash on the screen. So they know what the suspect looks like, but they don't want to talk about what the suspect looks like because they think it might be reinforcing a stereotype. And I think that people do get very tired of that. And Buck, this won't surprise you because you've come to understand sports media quite a lot. Sports media immediately went to guns have to be banned. Uh, I'll read a couple of these. Rich Eisen, who is, uh, I believe at the NFL network or used to be at the NFL network. He has, I would imagine, over a million Twitter followers. Nine children. Nine children who went to a parade to celebrate their Super Bowl team. Nine children now being treated. When are we going to collectively realize there's a gun problem in our country and do something sensible for our kids? That was Rich Eisen to his millions of followers. I would I would want Rich Eisen to, to explain to me. I have many guns. Yeah, many guns. I have them different places in my house. I'm training with my guns this weekend. Is there anyone on the planet who is less safe because I have guns? No. And in fact, there are people who are more safe. Certainly, me, Carrie, my family, because yeah. of my firearms and my training with them. So, is it a gun problem? I mean, it's very similar. You know, I, I have some incredibly sharp knives down in my kitchen. Occasionally, someone stabs someone to death with a kitchen knife. This does happen, right? Happens more, I think, with knives than it does even with rifles uh, nationwide, by far. So do we have a knife problem? I don't think we have a knife problem. I don't think we have a gun problem. I think we have a people using guns for illicit purposes to commit crimes, including shootings and murders problem. And maybe locking up, I saw your tweets on this. I could not agree more. It's so obvious. People that are a threat to society need to be taken out of society and put in incarcerated situations. That's it. Yep. 
That's, that is the only thing that will actually stop this. And it's so rare. Uh, you know, uh, w- w- you already said this. What are the chances we're going to find out these two individuals who pulled out firearms in a crowded parade and were shooting kids? I mean, I know it was, uh, you know, it looks like this was like a shootout between the two of them and they hit bystanders, right? It doesn't yes. seem that this was an intentional, uh, mass shooter situation, but they ended up shooting a bunch of children. Okay. And they killed a woman, a DJ. What are the chances we find out that these are two really upstanding citizens that nobody would have ever suspected were going to pull their guns out in a crowded place and a celebratory day and ruin it for everyone and take lives? Zero. The chance is basically zero. Yeah. Yes. Zero. Uh, RG3 won a Heisman Trophy. Robert Griffin III tweeted, mass shootings are not a political issue. Men, women, and children are dying from mass shootings. That's not a political issue. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. America's a great country. Put the politics aside. Work together. Pass laws to ensure we're no longer known as the land of mass shootings. That's, I think um, you pointed that's, out. That's an emotion in place of an argument. Yes. Which is what you get from a lot of these sports players as well as sports commentators. And as you and I know, and I put you in a separate, I mean, you're sitting here on this show and we're doing very well on this show. And so I, you're a political and sports commentator. <laughs> play. Let's be very clear about this. But I think you and I can agree, whatever we think of political commentators, on average, sports commentators, dumber. Way dumber. Way dumber. Way, way dumber and arguably more political, which is crazy, and I think a lot of people have not gotten used to the idea. That was a lesson I learned from you that I thought you were crazy, and it is definitely true the more I've paid attention to it. So you pointed out, I think, the data is, and we wish there was no mass shootings, that only 2%. Of if we eliminated every mass shooting in America, 98% of shootings would still be occurring because mass shootings are a tiny pinprick. Here's another thing that I would, that I would say you, you mentioned knives. If I got a DUI buck and hopefully so far in my life, I have never got a DUI. If I got a DUI one day and my defense was we got a real issue with cars. No one out there would say, you know what, Clay Travis has got a point. Yes, he was drunk. Yes, he was breaking the law. Yes, he was driving after having had way too many drinks. But it's really not a individual responsibility of Clay's when it comes to alcohol issue. This is really about cars. If I tried to make that argument, Buck, the universe would be aligned against me I would trend number one in America and everyone would ridicule me for arguing that my DUI was not about me or my choices or my violation of the law as it pertained to alcohol. It was actually about the car itself. I would submit to you that's what happens with every single shooting. That the story is never, we don't even know who these guys are. But again, I would wager a substantial amount. The average in DC, they did a study, Buck, the average number of arrests before someone commits a murder, is double-digit in Washington, D.C. Most of you listening to me right now have never been arrested. It's not typically easy to get arrested. It certainly is not easy to get arrested double-digit times. Imagine imagine if the conversation for the next time somebody gets a DUI was, man, this car, we got a real issue with cars in this country. Yeah, be their, their, their arguments are, are bad, which is why it gets, I mean, obviously bad. That's why it gets very frustrating, um, whenever you look at this. And I mean, you, you, you can take a look, for example, at 
Uh, I mean, I was just trying to pull this up to give everyone a sense of it. Um, I'm trying to find a team. Help me out with this one because I can do it per 100,000. So the population of Wyoming is about 600,000 people. I, I go to Wyoming because the population of Wyoming is 600,000 people, and they have a over 60% of households have a gun. Okay? Yeah. So it's a very high gun ownership state, about 600,000 people, and it has... Let me see what this says here. Um, two murders per 100,000 residents. So maybe, I don't know. Like I, I'm guessing Virtually no a, violence a of, of that nature in the entire state so, of so Wisconsin. You, you live, you live, you're in a state of 600,000 people. Let's say 400,000 of them have access to a firearm, and you have, I don't know, a dozen, a dozen murders in the state. We got a gun problem, folks. There's a big gun problem in Wyoming, apparently, because I mean, and by the way, there's aren't, those aren't all necessarily even gun deaths. I think I think everyone sort of sees when you actually look at the numbers and the stats and the arguments, they're just they they are emotions in place of an argument, and ultimately they want to disarm people like me, and they want to disarm our uh, our audience. They want to disarm people who are law abiding because they want to control them. Yeah, and they don't also want to have a conversation about how to solve gun violence because if you had that conversation, you have what three percent of the population that's committing basically over half of all murders in this. There, country. there were eighteen murders in Wyoming in twenty twenty. Hundreds of thousands of gun owners, four hundred thousand gun owners, eighteen murders. There you go. Virtually non-existent. Uh, if you're a family member carried around the video camera back in the day, you have mountains of video cassettes to prove it. Bad news. Actual videotape on those cassettes starting to disintegrate. That's what happens to video and film over the course of time. It's time to digitize those tapes. You can do it with Legacy Box. Company based here in my home state of Tennessee provides the easiest, safest way to reclaim all the priceless footage you haven't seen in years. Send them in your aging VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, pictures to Legacy Box. They'll digitize all of it for you and return your old media along with brand new digital files you can watch, share, and hold on to forever. A million and a half families have benefited from Legacy Box. You can too. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Clay for 50% off right now. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. 50% off the regular prices. Do it today. 24, a weekly podcast from Clay and Buck covering all things election. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 
995-G-O-L-D. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Is Jump the best Van Halen song play? I don't think I can name another Van Halen song. Uh, this uh, this could be love, or right? Uh, yeah, this. I don't. I don't right? know. I I recognize songs, unless it's from the '90s or the early 2000s. The odds of me knowing who actually sang the song are almost zero. Like I know Elvis, I know the Beatles, I know like the Rolling Stones, stuff like that. But I'm I like I would I would not have known who sings the the Jump song. You didn't know that was Van Halen? No, I wouldn't have known. I mean, I think when it's so there's two songs. When it's love by Van Halen has got to be up there. Um, so that would be the other one. I, I'm not was. kidding when I say I am tone deaf and there's my also musical why knowledge. can't this be love? Just to be clear, which is so it gets confusing. There's why can't this be love and when it's love. They singing a lot about love over there. The, my knowledge of music is almost non-existent. Really? So. See, this yeah, is interesting because yeah. we don't talk about it much of the show. I was a classically trained musician growing up. No one ever knows what the what the instrument is. Um, it's clearly not the guitar because I would probably still be talking about it to this day. Um, people throw. I love the guesses too. People throw. Flute. It was the flute. It was the flute. Who's telling you these things? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say. I it's don't the know. Flute. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to or think, maybe the clarinet I, or maybe the. I'm trying to think. Know. No, no. I'm trying to think of what would be the most embarrassing instrument to have been classically trained in, and I think it was the flute. I think it would be the flute of all the instruments. Worse than the clarinet? Yeah, because the clarinet, like, you could actually, you know, with the clarinet, you could be in a band and not look like a loser. 
I don't think anyone has ever blown a flute. Oh man, and not looked like a complete flute loser. players. Flute players <laughs> unite at Clay Travis on Twitter. You got to light him up on this one. Have you not heard of James Galway or Jean Pierre Rompal, sir? I've never heard of either, but I can guarantee you they're losers because they play the flute. <laughs> if you voluntarily play the flute, oh, man. I think you're oh, a complete and gosh. total loser. I'm not a huge band guy in the first place, but of all the instruments you could play, I think the highest loser contingent would be the flute. So if you're not willing to admit bassoon skills, if you're not willing to admit what instrument you played, I presume it was the flute. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.